In preparation for Passion Week and Resurrection Sunday, we've been looking at the supporting cast behind the drama of the cross. And as in any great drama, you not only have those who are on center stage, but you have the ones behind the scenes, the supporting cast that is needed to tell the story. Now, last week we considered the criminal on the cross who experienced a change of heart as he saw Jesus crucified next to him. He confessed his sin and he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, saying, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, the scripture continues to tell us that it was about noon on that Friday and darkness came over the whole land until about three o'clock in the afternoon and the sun stopped shining. The curtain of the temple was torn in two and Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. Now, when Jesus breathed his last, it was around three o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. And since the Sabbath was to begin just in three hours at sunset, someone had to do something quickly if Jesus was going to have a proper burial. Hear now the word of God from John's Gospel, chapter 19. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate granted permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. So they took the body of Jesus and they bound it with linen wrappings, with spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now the place where they, he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. That finishes the reading of God's holy and inspired word. Now, this morning, I want us to focus in on Joseph of Arimathea, a secret disciple exposed. We're going to look at Joseph, the man, the ministry that he performed, and the main reason for his secrecy. And this morning, let's first consider the man. Joseph of Arimathea. Now, the city of Arimathea was just northwest of Jerusalem, several miles. But when you look up this town, it doesn't have any spectacular history. And so this has led many to conclude that Joseph is known as Joseph of Arimathea so that he would not be confused with the other Josephs in the Bible not because the town of Arimathea had any special uh, significance in itself. Now, Joseph is mentioned in all four Gospels during this 
time of taking Jesus off the cross and put, laying him in the tomb. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell us about this episode of Scripture. Now, Matthew tells us that Joseph of Arimathea was a rich man, but we don't have any idea of how he acquired his wealth. Mark tells us that Joseph was a prominent member of the Council of the Sanhedrin, which gives us a clue, possibly, of how he was able to get so immediate access to Pilate to ask for Jesus' body. It's important for you to remember that the, the Council of the Sanhedrin was like our Supreme Court. And so Joseph was a very important man, both politically and religiously. We also know that the Council of the Sanhedrin were the ones who were plotting against Jesus, trying to kill him. Now, Luke's gospel tells us that Joseph was a good and righteous man, even though he was a member of the council, that he had not consented to the Sanhedrin's plans and actions to put Jesus to death, even on a criminal's cross. And all four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all tell us that Joseph was a disciple of Jesus who was waiting for the kingdom of God. Now what that means is that Joseph believed that Jesus was the Messiah who would restore the kingdom of Israel by ushering in the kingdom of God. But now we see his Messiah, his hope for the future, is dead. Crucified on a criminal's cross. Now, I'm sure that Joseph was very proud of his financial, political, and religious accomplishments. But on that day, he must have been overwhelmed with the shadow of shame. Remember, Joseph was a prominent member of the Council of the Sanhedrin. But he also, as John's Gospel tells us, was a disciple of Jesus, and, but, but, but a secret one for fear of the Jews. Now, Joseph had allowed his fear for the, of the Jews to hinder his faith in Christ. He had been front and center during all the events of Jesus' arrest, trial, and sentencing to death. As the council plotted together against Jesus, Joseph did not consent but neither did he speak up for his Messiah. As they paid off one of Jesus' disciples in order to betray Jesus, Joseph did not consent, but neither did he speak up for his Messiah. As the Sanhedrin sent troops to arrest Jesus in the garden, Joseph did not consent, but neither did he speak up for his Messiah. As they paraded false witnesses, trumping up charges against Jesus, Joseph did not consent, but neither did he speak up for his Messiah. 
and has the council presented false charges to Pilate accusing Jesus of being an insurrectionist against Rome. Joseph did not consent, but neither did he speak up for his Messiah. And when the Sanhedrin stirred up the crowds, demanding Pilate to release the murderous, insurrectionist Barabbas and to crucify Jesus in his place, Joseph did not consent, but neither did he open his mouth for his Messiah. I've always said, no response is response. No response is a response. And Joseph of Arimathea never responded to any of these actions and remained silent. And by doing so, he denied the Lord. Actually, the only difference between Peter and Joseph is that Peter denied the Lord with words while Joseph denied the Lord with silence. But now, Joseph is standing at the foot of the cross, having watched his Messiah breathe his last breath, a victim dying a torturous death. And the skies were covered with darkness, and the crowds that had surrounded the cross, they had all dispersed. The council, well, they went back to the the temple to get ready for the Sabbath and for the Passover. And the disciples, well, the Bible tells us that they all fled. But as he stood at the foot of the cross, something happened inside of Joseph. He is no longer going to hide his faith. He is going to gather up his courage and go to Pilate and ask for the body of Jesus. The Bible says it like this. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted permission. Now, you have to understand, Pilate granting permission for a crucified body to be taken down for a proper burial was way outside of his normal mode of operation. The whole purpose behind crucifixion was humiliation, torture, and to kill criminals in the clear view of the public. And the Romans normally left the dead bodies on the cross so that the vultures would come and devour them. Sometimes they would allow the body to be uh, transported to a smoldering trash heap outside of the the city. But for for some reason, Pilate granted Joseph's request to take away the body of Jesus. Now, as we've learned from Scripture, maybe Joseph was very sympathetic because he believed Jesus to be innocent. Maybe because it was the the Jewish day of preparation for the Sabbath and Passover, he didn't want any more problems with this Jewish council. Maybe he felt threatened because of Joseph's 
prominent position on the council. We don't know exactly why, but the scripture does tell us that after ascertaining from the centurion that Jesus was really dead, Pilate ordered that Jesus' body be given to Joseph. So the scripture simply says, so he came and took away the body. Now, this was a very, very difficult task. I won't go into the details, but you can Google it yourself. The, what it took to get a body off of the cross. Uh, Joseph obviously needed help to do this. Maybe Pilate ordered some soldiers to help him take the body down off the cross. Regardless, the Bible describes that Joseph treated Jesus' body with dignity as he took him off the cross. It basically says he lowered him down with a linen cloth. Nicodemus, as our text told us this morning, another silent and secret disciple, well, he was there to help Joseph. You remember Nicodemus? We're introduced to him in John chapter 3. He was another Jewish leader who had come to Jesus at the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. But the scripture is always clear in this text and even in John chapter 3 to cause us to remember that Nicodemus came to Jesus in the dark of night. He came to Jesus out of secrecy. Why? Because he was afraid of his Pharisee friends. Now, during that encounter in John chapter 3, Jesus shared with Nicodemus that if a person must be born again, if they're going to enter the kingdom of God. And that conversation must have had a great impact on Nicodemus because now we see him at the end of Jesus' life bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 100 pounds weight. He brought these things to give Jesus a royal burial. A burial for the king of kings. Amen? So, they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings and with spices, and as the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had been laid. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Now, this was Joseph's own tomb a tomb that he had recently paid to get hewed out of a rock. He prepared this tomb for himself. Now, this type of tomb was for the rich. This type of tomb was for the noble. So by placing Jesus' body in this tomb, Joseph, without knowing it, fulfilled messianic prophecy that said, his, that is the Messiah's grave, will be assigned with a wicked man, yet he was with a rich man in his death. Wicked men on the cross, rich man Joseph of Arimathea. See, Joseph of Arimathea overcame his fear. He, he showed courage. 
he demonstrated love for his Lord. At, at that moment, he surrendered his reputation by asking Pilate for Jesus' body. At that moment, he surrendered his personal riches by placing Jesus in his own tomb. At that moment, he surrendered his role in the Passover feast, the, the highest day on the Jewish calendar. Why? Because he came in contact with a dead body. You see, Joseph willingly surrendered all those things to make sure that Jesus would receive a burial fit for a king. And so after preparing the body for burial, Joseph wrote a large stone against the entrance of that tomb. Now, as Joseph walked away from the tomb that Friday evening, he didn't realize that he just set the stage for the greatest event in world history. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. He had no idea of the ministry that he just performed. Joseph did not realize that Sunday morning, Mary of Magdalene and the other Mary would come to that tomb. As we said on Friday, it's Friday, but what? Sunday's a coming. And now it's Sunday. Three days. And when Mary and the other Mary approached that tomb, they discovered that the, the stone had been rolled away and actually there was an, an angel sitting on top of the stone. Yeah, that must have been a good viewpoint right there. But on Friday evening, Joseph didn't know that this angel would say to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified he is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where he was lying. Go quickly, tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he's going again, uh, going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. You see, on Friday, Joseph didn't know that his tomb would be the launching pad for the greatest revelation, uh, revolution known to humanity. The advancement of the kingdom of God through the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is risen. Oh, come on, gang. I've already put you to sleep. He is risen. Joseph didn't realize that. Joseph didn't realize that the good news that Jesus suffered but rose again from the dead on the third day so that repentance and forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed to all nations. He had no idea. Joseph didn't know that for generations of believers to follow that they would look at his tomb not as a place of de de divine defeat, but rather as a place of resurrection and eternal hope. Don't you get it? Joseph didn't know that we would gather in this church on this Easter Sunday, joining believers around the globe, saying, 
He is risen. He is risen indeed. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that everyone who has ever believed in Jesus Christ has been encouraged by Joseph's empty tomb? Just because Joseph took a step of faith, overcame his fear, placed Jesus' body in that tomb, that scene on that Sunday morning became the most extraordinary event that's ever happened in the world. He is risen. He is risen but back on Friday, You can only imagine the thoughts that were going through Joseph's mind as he stood at the foot of the cross. Questions like, if Jesus was the Messiah, why didn't God protect him from this horrific and terrible tragedy? Questions like, how could the one who performed all these miracles not save himself from this terrible death. Doubts like, maybe I followed Jesus in vain. But instead of allowing those doubts and those questions to conquer his life, Jesus, uh, Joseph took a, a bold and courageous stand and overcame his fear. Now, it's important that you realize that Joseph wasn't bold. He wasn't courageous because he had figured out what God was doing. He had no clue what God was doing. He took a stand of faith during the darkest hour of his life. He took a stand of faith when he didn't have a clue with what God was doing. He took a stand of faith when he had no idea on how God was going to use him in the next few hours and for centuries to come. And isn't that real faith? Isn't faith believing in God when you lose your job? Isn't faith believing in God when you get a bad diagnosis? Isn't faith believing in God when your marriage ends by a disastrous betrayal? See, real faith is when we take a stand when we don't have a clue with what God is doing. And Joseph of Arimathea came to the place in his faith that he was no longer going to be a secret disciple. Now, let's face it, he could have stayed under the radar. Joseph could have inserted himself into the, into the middle of this religious and political drama. Or he could have just ran like the rest of the disciples. But we must realize that this one step of faith, when Joseph surrendered his reputation, his riches, and his role, in the Sanhedrin? Well, when Joseph surrendered his life, it was for one reason, and that was to honor his Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The scripture is clear. The, the main reason for his secrecy was out of fear for the Jews. Joseph had believed in his heart that Jesus was the Lord, but he had not confessed with his mouth. And the Bible tells us that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness, but with the mouth a person confesses resulting in salvation. And maybe, just maybe, you're here today and you've been a secret disciple. But now the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, speaking for you to step out today, just like Joseph did on that Good Friday. And not just believe in your heart, but also confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. To say it in a funny way, maybe it's time for you to come out of the closet. I want you to understand that faith doesn't mean that you just believe. Faith means that you're willing to put feet on your faith. It means that you're willing to go where the Lord says go. You're willing to do what the Lord is telling you to do. Faith doesn't mean that you have it all figured out. Faith doesn't mean that you even understand what God is up to. Faith is believing and confessing Christ as Lord in our hearts and through our actions. Now, Joseph had allowed his fear of the Jews to hinder his complete surrender of faith, but no longer. On that Friday afternoon, while standing at the foot of the cross, he took his first steps of real faith, and he wanted to be a true follower of, follower of Jesus Christ. So this morning, I have to ask you, what is hindering your faith today? What fear is stopping you from putting feet on your faith? It is clear that Joseph and Nicodemus had what maybe a, a, a soul doctor would call a faith deficiency. But when, they stood at the, when he stood at the foot of the cross and surrendered himself, surrendered his fear, well, that's when he stepped out on faith. And that's what I want to challenge you to do today. In your worship guide, there is a card. And I want you to take that card. And for those, any of those that don't have it, Brian has extra ones as well as pens. And I want you to take that card because this is, this is an opportunity where we can match our heart with our mouth. We can actually take a step in the right directions. If you need a, a pen or a card, just flag Brian come as he comes through the aisle. I told you.
I'm going to give some directions here. And if the Lord is telling you to do something else, then that, that's fine. Uh, what's important here is that we are taking our belief. Joseph had belief. But through writing something down on this card, and then I'm going to ask you to come and place it at the foot of the cross, you're, you're taking that step of faith. So for some of you, I want you to write down the thing that's been hindering you from stepping out in faith in Jesus Christ. A person, a job, uh, you know, some sort of fear. What, what is it? What's hindering you from stepping out for Jesus Christ? While others, I want to challenge you to write down what you're surrendering to the Lord today. You know, you, you know the Lord is calling you to surrender something. As I said in the sermon, you know, Joseph surrendered his reputation, his riches, and his role on the Sanhedrin. And he knew he had to do that. So what, what is the Lord telling you to surrender today? While others, I want you to write down something that the Lord has been telling you to do, but you just haven't followed through with it. And it's really become kind of a burden that you're carrying. You know, a thing that the Lord's told you to do, but you're, you're, you haven't followed through with it. I want you to realize that we have no comprehension how the Lord is going to use our lives. Joseph didn't have a clue. But here we are today looking at an empty tomb. After you've written down, I'd like for you to come forward and place the card at the foot of the cross. And by doing so, we're making a, a, a visual confession of faith that the Lord is the one who can overcome our fears. The Lord is the one who can overcome our hindrances. The Lord is the one that we want to follow. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we pray now that you, Lord, would not only know our heart, but that you would see our step of faith. Lord, we present these things to you out of an act of surrender and confession, asking you, Lord, to overcome our fears, our hindrances, overcome those things as blocking us from truly surrendering our lives to, to you. Lord, today, our faith, our, our, our belief matches our confession. And we pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.